Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III, and today I'm sitting down with my newest business partner, Mr. Nick Robbins. What's going on, man? Hey, man, what's going on? Excited to be here with you. Yeah, so I want to get into, you know, what we're doing together, everything with Titanium University and stuff like that. But before we do that, let's go all the way back, because this some of this story i don't even know some of the details i've gotten bits and pieces over the past i don't know six or seven months but let's go all the way back to you know how you got to where you are today and what is your kind of entrepreneurial journey looked like yeah absolutely man so first i want to start with my beginnings in university i'm going to make this quick but let's just say that i was was one of those individuals who took seven years to get a four-year degree, six community colleges, five different places that I lived in, and four different cities and two universities to actually get it. My first semester of my first university, University of Nevada, Reno, Wolfpack, I got a 0.23. Some people ask, how do you get that? I had a D minus and then four Fs, <laughs> you know, an incomplete. So anyways, I was... <laughs> I was the definition of a struggled individual when I was young, drinking alcohol, drugs. Um, fast forward a little bit, got a wake up call on my, it was actually one of my cousin's birthdays. Third time I'd been arrested in 18 months, got a DUI. Thank heavens that I didn't hurt anyone or hurt myself or anything else. Um, and that was a wake up call. And I actually had a fraternity brother hand me a book that changed my life and the trajectory of my life more than anything else that I can ever point back and look to. And that book was Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, right? So I know a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on Tony Robbins. That's fine. I'm here to tell you that I read that book and it completely shifted everything inside me. And from that day, I got my act together and I started becoming obsessed with personal development, growth. How do I get better? How do I provide value to the community? How do I build skill sets? All of those things, right? So fast forward a little bit. I got my first job in the NBA. Did great there. Got a job in the NFL. Worked for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had worked for the Sacramento Kings. Loved my time in the NFL. Still have mentors that are over there. Amazing franchise. However, uh, fast forward a couple of years, I became the top sales rep inside of the uh, organization. And I remember getting my W-2 one day. I actually still have it right here next to me. I got my W-2 one day. And... I was working like 60 hour weeks. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Seven to seven and Saturdays. Like, I mean, they were just like, hey man, you're so lucky to be here. $44,000 total, including commissions and salary. And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I'm out, man. Like I just helped my friend who was, she was so much worse than me at sales. And I love, love you, Melinda. But she she got a $50,000 base. And I was like, look, I can't keep doing this just because I love the sport, right? You can't keep me here. I, I had bigger dreams, bigger goals. So within two weeks, Literally jumped off a cliff, moved to Utah, joined my buddy over there. He was like, hey, man, let's start a business. We were all drunk on the beach one day. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then ended up in Utah, right? And so from there, we worked to start our business. And that's when I got started into entrepreneurship, okay? And my first business was in the marketing agency world. No idea what I was doing. Knew nothing about technology, nothing about any of this stuff. But I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. Well, as a lot of people learn, and if you're listening to this, everyone's got a story. The first year, we did a whopping $0, and we were $30,000 into debt. And I had met with over 70 business owners one-on-one. I'd made cold calls. I tried so many different things. But back then, this was 2015, we didn't have the resources like we do now with YouTube and Facebook groups and communities and mentorship, or at least I didn't know where to find them. So anyways, uh, fast forward a year. 
year, $30,000 in debt. What kept me alive during this point was actually betting on DraftKings and FanDuel. Shout out to my cousin. He's a professional gambler. And so I charged $5,000 to a credit card and I was living off of $1,200 a month. I was like the typical, like I had no support, nothing, but we were making it by, right? And then I made the best, one of the best decisions of my life. I invested in myself and I bought a course from a guy named Billy Jean. Billy Jean is marketing. Who's, I know Billy today, amazing human being. And that $1,000 gave me the idea that just catapulted everything for us. And within 10 months of me giving him $1,000, we had a seven-figure business, seven-figure run rate. And then within 10 months after that, we did $1.8 million and 2.7, then 3.6 million, right? And it was all because of that investment. He gave me one idea. And what I learned after receiving that idea was that the previous year and a half of $0 wasn't wasted. I just didn't know how to connect all the dots, right? So I invested in that. And then, yeah, we built a marketing agency. We got up to 37 employees. We did, you know, tens of millions of dollars, spent tens of millions of dollars in paid ads. And I sold it at the end of 2022. So that's kind of my little background there real quick. I love <laughs> First of all, I love the fact that, you know, true entrepreneurial spirit, right? Um, friend says on a drunken day on a beach, like, hey, let's start a business. That sounds very similar to me and Cassie, right? Dropping her off <laughs> at, at the bar to go to her bartending job. And she's like, we should start a business. It's like, that's a great idea, you know? Um, and then year one, zero dollars in revenue. Like no one ever like thinks about the fact that yeah. like, when you go out and you start that, it's a very lonely feeling like that first week or two weeks in where you're like, so how are we going to make money? How are we going to get someone to be that first client, that first customer, right? Uh, th th these are the things that like sometimes ground people forever. Like they can never get past that because it's like they get two weeks in and they're like, dude, I don't even know how to get one client. Let's go back to the job. Let's go back to the $44,000, which is insane that that's what you made for an entire year um, being a top sales rep there. Um, so let's let's talk about towards the end, you sold the business because not many people talk about exiting a business. What was that process like? Was that a, was that a fun process? Was it a profitable process? What, how did you go about that? Yeah. So great question. And there's a, there's a lot of nuance in uh, the selling of the business. Cause I'd actually originally sold 40% of it in 2019. And then, and I kept 10% because we were 50, 50 with my business partner. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And while I was still getting, you know, buyout payments, things of that nature, it was a profitable venture. It's been a profitable venture for the both of us. And we're still very close to this day. And one quick thing I do want to say about that early phases is, and I don't even know if I've told him this directly, if it wasn't for his belief in me that we could do it and I could sell outside of, because I, at the time I was like, I, maybe I can only sell, maybe I need the shield behind me. Maybe I need the Bucks logo. Maybe I was all fluke. Like right. the, the negativity, if it wasn't for his belief and his support, because he had the six figure job and it, he, one day he walked in, got in a fight with his bot and quit or his boss and quit. Um, that's huge. So if you don't have that immediate support around you, find it. There are people who want to grow and build. Sorry, I just want to touch on that because it's so freaking important because family members, those closest to you can often be the ones holding you back, unfortunately. So Bye. fast forward to 
the exit. I'd sold 40% uh, in 2019, profitable, everyone's happy, pandemic happens. And the, we worked in the medical space with our agency, right? And I was still running the agency consulting business at the side, which I didn't really talk about. I have a second business too that we started with my wife. Um, within 45 days, our medical practitioners were deemed not, uh, what's the word? They they were not required. So they all were forced, half of our business was forced to shut down. So a $3 million business lost 1.5 million annualized revenue on consistent clients in 45 days, which took a beating, had to layoffs. So fast forward to 2021, me and my business partner agreed to have me come back because I was doing agency consulting and I still knew the business. And so I came back 50-50. Moving towards 2022, when it get to the buyout, a couple of things were really important for, for this. Number one, myself and my business partner told us, told ourselves from day one, our friendship is more important than the money. The values of who you surround yourself with is critical in every single way. You need to make sure that you both have the same internal values, right? And so we were able to come to a very friendly agreement that I think we both feel very positive about with how it was exited. Um, it was a private deal. I sold it, all, sold it all to him as far as the equity and the transfer of growth there. Um, but it ended up working out very well. But that's mainly because I believe because of the values each one of us instilled. And then also our business operating agreement. It kind of helped go through. And we had a good lawyer to walk us through the process. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're not the only partner in Titanium University, and you briefly mentioned her, but Sima, your wife, um, is a huge part of what we're building here at Titanium University. So I know that that is always like a point of argument, right? Should you work with a spouse? Should you not work with a spouse? When did you and Sima start working together, and what has that been like? And, and was she a part of this business? She was. Yeah, she was not an official owner, but she was a part of it. She actually helped kick us off the ground. She was at multiple instances. I can point directly to her as her creating leverage for us, right? So when we started doing webinars, I can get into the tactics later, but she was a huge part of it. And it's interesting you bring that up because going to this idea of working with your spouse and your wife. And when I hear people say things like, I can never do that. It's like, are you kidding me? I could never not. And maybe that's because our, our, our relationship was, uh, began with both of us being entrepreneurs. When we met, she had a successful small agency. I had an agency. She started doing client work for us. We merged quickly. I gave her 50% of my consulting business prior to us ever getting married. I just gave it to her. Wow. I just, because I, and that was to me, that was like, that was us getting married. <laughs> so right. then, I, then a, year, a year later, somebody was like, hey, what are you going to ask her to marry? I'm like, shit, we're already married. Like she's on the, she's on the paperwork, you know? Um, so it's been an amazing experience. And over the last few years, and including during the buyout and some of the months afterwards, and during, you know, some of the stuff from last year, which I'm sure we'll get into with her, uh, we weren't able to work together in a close capacity. And it was miserable because she is my right hand. We support each other and everything that I'm good at, she backs up, right? Because I'm the optimist. I see everything's going to work. She sees how everything's going to break, right? And so with that, we spend all day, every day together. And I heard Alex Hermosi say this, and I, I feel like it's got to be true. Um, I haven't seen the stat. This is from Hermosi. He said that the divorce rate of couples that have earned, earned at least $1 together is less than 10%. And if you compare wow. that, yeah, and if you compare that to the national divorce rate of 50, 55%, I could see why, because there's so much more that we're working towards and building together. So I love it. I could not do it any other way. And it's been the best thing for our relationship. Well, she's an amazing person and we'll have her 
we're we're gonna have to work on her a little bit to get her on the podcast. But at some point in time, we'll we'll get her on the podcast here to have her own interview. But you you've talked about you know the past year being you know kind of tough, not being able to work together. So talk about what happened there and and yep. kind of what impact that had on you guys. Yeah, yeah. So end of twenty twenty two. Exit has been smooth, right? We're good. Me and my business partner are still friends today. Like we went on a cruise literally two weeks ago. I talk to him literally every day. We're doing 75 hard together right now. Sam and I are kind of like sit back, like what do we want to do when we grow up, right? Because we were blessed to develop a skill set that, that allows us to plug into almost anything that we want, right? And that skill set for those of you um, listening is the ability to run paid advertisings and build marketing and advertisements funnels and turn them into money. So that's from A to Z, the ad, the paid ad, the copywriting, as well as get on the phone and build products, right? And it's a skill set I'm very proud and work very hard and continue to work hard on. And so what do we want to do? And so in early 2023, I was doing my tax returns. And in 2020, um, I had started buying rental properties, sight unseen, still never actually seen any of my properties. I've got them in three different states right now, never seen them. Um, and I saw the interest rates were low. We had a, you know, cash was stockpiling and our overlords in Washington said that there was going to be no inflation, but it didn't take a genius in my opinion to realize if you print a bunch of money, <laughs> it's going to come in. So started buying them. And then I started reviewing the numbers on those in early 2023, um, what they actually were over the last three years, the appreciation, the cash flow, the tax, and I was like, holy crap, I want a bunch of these. I was like, babe, let's get into real estate investing. And she'd already been toying with the idea of real estate and luxury agents. Anyways, long story short, we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then in February of last year, after a medical appointment, uh, we realized that there's some concerns, there's some issues that are going on, and we have to keep digging deeper and deeper. And uh, um, it ended up that she had lymphoma. She had cancer and she's 32 years old. And I've literally never seen her sick in eight years that we've been together. I've never seen her even have like a cold and to hear the lymphoma and to get that news. It, uh, it was very, it was rough, man. You know, it was rough. You know, what do you do when you're in that situation? And what's interesting about that is it really solidified my belief in wanting to get a real estate even stronger after we realized that because of the leverage you could create, because of the assets you could build, because of all of those things. So, yeah, so that started and that led to quite a year last year. Yeah, right. Um, well, I want to dig a little bit deeper there because I I now have gotten to know you guys and and I, I see how I call myself a creature of habit. But I think you and Sima might exceed my being a creature of habit. Y'all have like rules and regulations for like your lives, right? Like mm-hmm. this is what time we wake up. This is what time we go to bed. This is this is when we're going to work out. This is how we do everything, right? When you, in your early 30s, you get that that news that she has lymphoma and you guys – naturally take care of yourselves right you're you care about your bodies you're you always talk about you're trying to optimize everything in your life what does that do to you mentally on 
Like, how do you deal with the fact that it's like, dude, I've poured so much in to create this life. And now there's a possibility that the life that I've been building for myself is like being taken away from me. Cause yeah. I mean, that's how it had to feel. Right. I mean, if you just said it's miserable to not work with her to, to think that, you know, this terrible disease cancer, which has impacted my family time and time again. Um, how did you, how did you personally deal with that? So the day we got the news, the way I handle things when they pop up, right, is especially bad news, is I take it and I I do everything in my power not to overreact. I've been obsessed with mental how to reframe your mind and reframe problems. You kind of have to to survive in entrepreneurship or else it just sucks all the time, right? Um, so I literally switched from worry to, all right, we're going to solve it. I reached out to all my friends. It just, honestly, there wasn't even too much time for us to sit and just be like crying about it. Like as weird as that sounds, because I'm the type of person I'm always looking ahead. I don't really regret. It's like, look, life happens. Then what? Like, I strongly believe that the only thing that matters is how we respond to what takes place and what unfolds in front of us. And Fortunately, I've been developing 15 years of mindset and books and entrepreneurship and losing hundreds of thousands of millions and then being dead and dead. All these things help prepare me for it. But it was literally, we took the news and then I just literally went into problem solving them. All right, how do we do this? I got to get the best health people. We've got to reach out to, you know, all my biohacking, all my, you know, alternative, you know, like don't do chemotherapy friends, love them. You know what I mean? What do they think? What do our oncologists think? And it was really just one of those things like, all right, let's solve it. How do we do this? And it happened pretty quickly. And more powerfully for me was her mindset around the same thing because she, she really embraced that. We had moments of course, where there was breakdowns, things of that nature, but it was never a pity. What was me? She took everything like a champion and that helped as well. So it just reframe problems. Never the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. Life happens. And you know what? It sucks. And it's dangerous because guess what? We're not getting out of life. Right? So what are we going to do about what happens in front of us and how we make the best of the situation? You know, you talk about it happens fast. Um, and I, I've shared this story sometimes, but I haven't really talked about it a lot recently. But um, in 2012, when we started our first business, um, you know, the first thing that happened in 2012 before anything was me and Cassie were starting a business but we hadn't officially like set up the entity and like actually started it was like we were more testing the waters like are we going to be able to do this or not my niece was diagnosed with leukemia and she was two or three years old i can't i can't remember she was she was very young um we called her smiley riley i mean you know she was always the the happiest you know, kid in the, in the family. And when she went to the doctor, it was for a normal, you know, her mom took her because she was running like a 99 degree fever and she just felt like something was off. And the doctors noticed some white spots on her back and said, you need to go to cook children's right now. And we went they did blood work and they came back and they said she has high risk ALL leukemia and uh, treatment needs to start right now. And 
when you say it comes fast, I mean, her mom didn't leave the hospital for like a month and a half, two months. You know, I mean, it was just a normal day. Mm-hmm. And then it was like she she didn't leave the hospital for, you know, two months. Um, and that's why we have Beat Kids Cancer now, our, our nonprofit organization to support families that are going through that. Because what you're talking about right there, when it comes fast, the same thing, the whole family had to go into problem solving mode on. They were they were young. They were in their twenties. I mean, they were they were struggling. You know, now they they both have degrees and they're they work in IT and they make really good money. But at the time, it was like, okay, if she's not working, how does rent get paid? How does the electric bill get paid and the water bill? The entire family had to step up. That's what we do at Beat Kids Cancer. We help people with that. Um, and it's like what you said. It, it just it comes fast, and it is weird because like when you think about it. Looking back, it could be such an emotional experience where you're like, you want to cry, you want to feel sorry for the individual that is actually diagnosed with this. You will almost want to have like, you know, pity for yourself. Like, you know, I, this I love this person. In your case, that's your wife. You know, um, in their case, that was their kid. You know, it's like you, you, but you don't. You just go into this problem solving mode because it's like, no, this is like life or death. Like we, we've got to solve this right now what do we have to do to to make her better um and and to this day man um you know looking back at that moment where riley is insane i can only imagine what you guys had to go through um just with it being such a a random thing like you said eight years she's never been sick right so you decide hey you'd already been talking about real estate she gets diagnosed. How does this happen, right? You you're, you don't have a business. You thought you were going to get into real estate. Now your wife is diagnosed. So how are you treading the line of being like a supportive husband as well as like supporting yourselves? Yeah. So it's a great question. And and one thing I will say that helped tremendously and kind of with your idea about stepping up with Beat Kids Cancer is I was very blessed and fortunate. I also worked my fucking ass off. I don't know if I can swear on here uh, to make sure that we did have resources in case something like this comes up. I'm very conservative by nature. I don't like to spend on things. I wear the same black t-shirt every day. So anyways, we were blessed in that regard. Um, but the other side of it too, that helped a ton is because of my experience in the marketing agency world and running the agency consulting, it was not very hard for me to make a couple of calls and pick up six figures, multiple six figures in consulting gigs, right? And that was what kept us going over the summer, right? As we're slowly installing the new business is I was just going in and consulting on people's marketing sales and backend funnels to help monetize their stuff, right? And, And I'm going to say this again. I said at the beginning, but for anyone watching this, the most important thing, in my opinion, that we can develop as humans is skill sets that we can use because no one can ever take your skills away from you. You could take all my money, all my resources, everything I have away from me, but you can't take the skill of being able to have a conversation with a person and sell, right? So I was able to do the consulting. And then when she felt good, we would go through trainings, right? So we started investing in real estate trainings and things of that nature because I'm the type of person who, especially at this stage, I was like, all right. I want to collapse time and I want to get there faster as opposed to trying to figure out on my own. 
Bro, you, right. didn't, so, you didn't invest in some real estate training. <laughs> like, I I literally tell people all the time that y'all, I think y'all are course junkies. I mean, yeah. rightfully so. It's gotten you to where you are. But I mean, how many different courses did you guys invest in? Over half a million dollars from me. That's not even including hers in the last seven years. And directly in mentorship, education, everyone under the sun, you know. <laughs> and I'm happy as hell about it. <laughs> in In the past year... To get into real estate investing, how many how many did y'all sign up for? I think I know of four. Yeah. I mean, if we're all courses, if we were including even like the low ticket stuff, probably like eight or nine, I would say at least. Oh, yeah. Including higher. Yeah, higher well, in I, I found out during our Black Friday sale, which is hilarious, <laughs> that Sima was going out and buying other Black Friday sales just to like, see how their funnel worked like it wasn't even oh, yeah. for like the, the the product it was just like i just want to see how they're doing this i mean <laughs> that's what marketers do man it had nothing to do with real estate either they were literally other people's funnels you know um but yes we are course junkies we're knowledge junkies mentorship junkies it's why i'm so passionate about education part of why i'm working with you right now it's it's everything. I have zero faith in the traditional education system. I'm a product of it. I went through it. I feel like I can speak on that. I use literally nothing that I learned in college other than I learned to get to know people who had the answers. Like my business fraternity, I was talking about this yesterday. I'm like, okay, so I can use my networking skills to get where I need. So yeah, we're, we're course junkies, but I'm a huge believer in collapsing time on learning and the, the, the best way to get to where you want to go is to invest in yourself and to believe it to take full up. So you came to the the last ever titanium crucible. That's mm-hmm. that's where we met. I gotta ask you because you know this is prior to me having you on the team. How did you find out about the crucible? What marketing efforts did I do to get to get you guys to come? How did y'all find out about it? Yeah, man. So I joined, uh, like many people, I joined uh, Sub2 and got in there. Uh, big community, uh, a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of ideas that were were passed along there. And uh, inside of Sub2, I was still looking and searching for answers to put this whole business together. You know, like I didn't have the pieces and the dots connected specifically for wholesaling because I knew I wanted to start with that and then move to buy and hold. I've never had any interest on flipping. My goal was to come into wholesaling so I could build the active income in order to add to my buy and hold portfolio where I wanted. And through that, I came across a post. It might've actually been by, by Muni who I, I believe you know, right, uh, about the Closers Olympics from 2023. And so I was introduced to you via the Closers Olympics. And I got in there and I started watching it and I was like, huh, I'm not doing any of this. And then I watched you literally close a deal, drinking a beer in eight minutes, telling a guy to pull over on the side of the road to sign a contract. And I was like, man, who the hell is this guy? And I watched you come back and do it again. And I watched everything, right? And then from there, I went and I'm the type of person who like, when I, I get obsessive tunnel vision, like call it ADD, whatever you want, like ADD, doesn't mean you can't concentrate it just means you don't hear anything else and you're just focused on whatever it's in right in my opinion but i listened to at least 40 hours of the 50 50 50 because i'm like who the hell is this guy what's happening here i literally had it running in fact it's funny i was sema knows about it. she's like is rj bates calling about your property i was like walk around the house like saying that you know before i even met you 
<laughs> and then my next move was, all right, what does this guy got? What do we what do we have here? And then I found, uh, you know, a random crucible page, which the dates were on. And you're like, yeah, I don't I don't have access to it. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, can I get a link? You sent it to me and shipped it. Right. So closers Olympics, then to the YouTube channel, then come into the live event. Dude, that is hilarious. I totally forgot about that moment. You were the guy that signed up, and then it was like we had to like tell you that the dates were wrong, right? Isn't that what yeah. happened? We were like, just so you know, it's not those dates. Yeah, and what's crazy about that, man, and what's interesting, and I know you're, the excuse plus the story is the first we – we were doing chemo at this time. And so the wife was still in chemo and something like that. And the first round worked and she was actually planning to be there. And then when we got the next round of dates, we learned that she was going to have to be in chemo during that time. And she still supported me going out there, which is why I go going back to the whole thing about working together with your wife. The support system is just unreal. Like you've got to have support somewhere. It's too, it's so hard alone. Um, but yeah, it was like, I was like, bro, the, the landing page is broken, <laughs> you know, or it's yeah. the dates were off. Ended up working out and it got out to the event, you know. I remember you telling me about the fact that Simo was in treatment and, you know, she supported you coming. And I'll tell you, man, like when I hear those types of stories from a whatever title you want to give me, mentor, coach, you invested to come here and to learn whatever knowledge we can impose on you. Right. And I just, the sense of responsibility that I had in that moment to like give you, and and it's not just you, right. There's 20, 30, 40 other people inside of the room. You're just one, but just like your individual story. It's like, man, it's, it's so vitally important that I give this guy everything I can possibly give so he can go out and, and create his own reality. Right. That's why we say that. Um, and, and so I remember, yeah, exactly. At the crucible, the way that the crucibles used to work is me and Cassie would come out. We had a series of slides that we'd go through. It's an introduction. We laid out the fu fundamental elements and then we would take a break and then we would immediately go into like, now we're going to educate. And so, we get to our first break. Nick is sitting at the back of the room, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, what's hilarious about this is, is the guys that sit at the back of the room are not normally the guys that come sprinting up to talk to me during the first break, but Nick was. What – first of all, do you remember what you came up to, like, ask me or talk to me about? And second, why did you do that? Yeah, so normally – I'm the person who actually goes to events and sits in the back of the room, takes the knowledge and just goes and executes violently. Like I'm not usually one, but we'll get to this. I almost didn't go to the ax throwing event where we really got in a deep conversation, but I'm not usually one who goes in and looking It's at this stage. And that's not a, a shot at anyone else. I think everyone should go network. I've done a lot of the networking stuff. I was there for specifically a few things. And I actually know what made me go to the front of the room. And it was the training on your exit strategy determines your acquisition strategy. I, six months of watching videos, looking at things, thinking about how things were working, trying to put the pieces together. And that presentation connected so many dots for me. I learned more about wholesaling in that first half day dots connected than I had previously. And then I was like, you know what? There's not very many people here. 
he seems like a really nice guy the way he's looking at it. Let's go, let's go talk to him and, and see what's up. Right. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was. It might've been about expanding my markets, honestly, because I was only in three counties in Florida at the time. Um, cause I was, yeah, I was attempting to wholesale during all this and that was it. And I just, there's something called me that I'm telling you, I usually am not the person who does that very much, at least not anymore, or at least if I'm coming in with some sort of alternative agenda, which I didn't, I was just there to learn. And, uh, that it connected the dots. And I, then I think at the same time, I was, I think I told you at that moment, it might've been in the next conversation, but I believe it was then. I'm like, by the way, bro, you should be way bigger. <laughs> I remember telling you that like literally there. So that's what brought me up there. And I was like, Hey, no one's talking to him. Let's, let's go up there. You know, what's hilarious about that moment, Nick is one, that question that you asked me about the markets. Um, I have repeatedly said, that's one of my least favorite questions that anyone ever asked me. Um, because it's kind of like someone asking me like, Hey RJ, what clothes should I wear today? Hey RJ, what should I eat today? What should I drink today? It's like, dude, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, whatever I teach you can work in every single market. It's, it, it doesn't change. So normally that question would have turned me off. But the reason why I bring this up is because now I remember what didn't turn me off about it. It was how you posed the question to me. You didn't come up to me and you say, hey, man, what market should I be in? You came to me and you said, hey, right now we're currently in three markets, three different counties in Florida. And I'm curious if I should expand because I'm not able to get enough leads in just those three counties. If I expanded out, would that be able to increase my revenue? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I remember kind of looking at you like, all right, you're not, you're not the normal guy that comes through these doors. You know, there's nothing, I'm not saying anything bad about like the other people that have attended the crucible, but it was like, there was a different thought level to that question. Uh, and then of course, when you said, Hey, you should be bigger. And then we got to talking, you started talking about the Kings uh, and the Bucks, of course, Listen, you hit me with the sports angle, right? You, you, you got me right there. It's like, all right, so this guy worked for the Buccaneers. He sold two tickets. And I started thinking about it because I think I asked you, when did you do that? And you told me, and I was like, oh, those were during the bad years. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, oh shit, you must be good at sales if you were selling these <laughs> tickets back then. And, Dude, uh, on that note, if anyone thinks it's easy to sell tickets in the NFL, try selling to pissed off football fans in the South for a hot stadium for an extremely expensive thing. When you're 0-4 team, there's MRSA in the locker room. Like, I mean, dude, it was so brutal. So anyways, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, that, that is what, how the conversation was going, man. And I, I just remember, I think, you know, we, we had some deeper level conversations at the ax throwing and, and I just remember I kept telling you like, Hey, we, I want to hop on a zoom call with you. I want to have, a deeper level conversation about some things. And then that led to us. Now I want to ask you, cause I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question before. When I said I wanted to hop on a zoom call and have some deeper level conversations, did you already know where I was coming from? Did you already know that I was going to be like, Hey, let's do something together. So I don't think you have ever asked me this. It was in the back of my mind. And the reason why I was in the back of my mind is because I've been approached many times when people, I have conversations, I talk with people and I don't say that to try and be like, Oh, I'm special. It's like, I've got a lot of experience and you know, all that stuff. Right. 
Um, so it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't know for certain what it was going to be about. Um, I also knew, or I also had anticipated maybe just wanted to ask a little bit more about, you know, the closers formula and that launch and shifting the crucible and feedback from the event, just based on my experience. I didn't know you were going to be quite as direct as you were when we got on the call. I was not, not expecting that nor anticipating that. Yeah. So pretty much when we got on the call, I was like, all right, well, I think there's symmetry here and, uh, Pretty much, I want to work with you, and I need I need someone with your skill set, which is hilarious because you started this podcast out by saying, "Like, dude, get skill sets that no one can take away from you." And and I believe in that just as much. I think that's why you and I resonate so much together. Where it's like, dude, what you just said, take everything away from me. I'll go close the deal tomorrow. I, I mean, we've literally have done it on on live where even you were like, RJ, what are you talking about? You're just going to go get a deal? And I'm like, yeah, bro. I mean, I will just go get a deal. I mean, it, if my life depends upon it, yes, I'm going to go get that deal. And uh, that skill set that you brought to the table with the marketing, and I didn't even know all of your skill set. I just, I thought you were a marketing guy. I didn't mm-hmm. even know Simma was like a part of this. Right. I mean, it was just I resonated with you. And then the next thing you know, it's like, here's Sima. And oh, she's just as badass as you. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, first of all, that I I hope that's how sometimes people feel when like me and Cassie walk in the door. Right. Like, for example, when Ryan Pineda asked me to come to his office, and then it was me and Cassie walk in, and all of a sudden it's like Cassie's taking half the team and I'm taking half the team. I feel like that's what you and Simba are like, where all of a sudden it's like you just fell into your roles and Simba fell into her roles and y'all just started busting shit out for us. And it was like, holy shit, we didn't get one. We got two. This is sick, baby. This is sick. (laughs) So I I had to ask you, you said you have a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I come to you randomly after a two-day event and I'm like, hey, man, I want you to be my guy. We had a couple of conversations over a couple different days, and I think you were the one that said, hey, I want to, like, walk, then run, then sprint, or something like that was kind of your example. Um, And we we did that for, like, a day and a half, and then we started sprinting together. But why why did you choose Titanium? Why did you choose me and Cassie with all the different opportunities that you have out there? It's a great question. And it's the reason why I requested time was because I wanted to think deeply on it. I'm the type of person who, especially looking back uh, over the last nine years, like I know that great things take time to build, period. We all want stuff tomorrow. We live in the, the short term gratification world. So I wanted something that I felt that would align long-term with our goals. We didn't want to jump into anything. Um, in fact, when I came out there, I had literally zero intention. I was just coming out there to sell more houses and you know, flip and things like that, right? And so we talked about it. Um, there was a couple of things that I will share. I am very big observer of individuals. And being that I've spent over half a million dollars in masterminds coaching, I have been to an enormous amount of events and I have watched many different people engage with their audience. And the way that you engaged with individuals at the Crucible was extremely impressive to me. Um, It's not as common as it should be as far as the, I hate the term guru, influencer, coach, whatever, whatever you want to be, right? Um, But 
it was extremely impressive. And so that was huge. The alignment felt very strong and it fit within our long-term core goals, right? I wanted to be in the real estate business. I want to eventually own a boatload of property and my obsession with education. So I haven't talked about this, you know, a ton with you, but really since, since I graduated, graduated college, even before then, like my lifelong dream has been to provide education for others, real, like actual knowledgeable education, not this crap that they're calling a curriculum these days at our state, you know, state schools. Right. And, um, so seeing that and seeing your ability to coach you and Cassie's ability to coach the fact you had the actual, you know, knowledge, the ability, the way that you guys behaved, the, the, all that stuff, you closing a deal on stage got me thinking. And in our previous consulting business, I was one, I was partner in an agency that had, you know, was doing millions of dollars and I was trying to be over here and I was also coaching and I was building stuff and Semo was building stuff, but she was kind of on her own. And, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. We had nine employees at the, the consulting business and 27 over here and I was just split. Right. And I got to thinking, I was talking about someone like, man, cause I don't particularly love, uh, like I don't have visions of having a bazillion, you know, followers. And I'm not saying you do. I know that you'll do whatever it takes to get your message out and fulfill your mission. I kind of like just being in the background, like the persuasion hitman, the guy who's like, Hey man, like I put together a funnel, I build this, let's go. You know, like that's kind of like what I like and enjoy. I don't mind speaking. I don't mind doing stuff like this. I like it, but followers, things like that, not necessarily mine. I was like, man, what if, what if we could do what we wanted to do? She could do paid ads and the marketing and some of the operational side. And I'm like, I can market and sell and do these things. And we can combine with them. Like this could be amazing. And so it took, it was a, it was a lot of conversation because I don't like, you know, sometimes I don't like to make decisions quickly. Sometimes I do. If they're irreversible decisions, I take my time. If it's something repetitive or nothing like that, bad, you know? Right. Um, so long story short, I saw a massive value. I'd personally learned a ton being inside of it. And I took a look at what was going on with the following as well. If we're talking about the actual like monetization or the growth aspect. And I was like, we can do serious damage based on what's out there right now. And if we could just funnel this stuff together and uh, put some real strategy behind what's taking place. Absolutely. And you know, what's hilarious about that is, is I have, I have heard the same sentiments that you just said from other people where they have said the following is not that important to me. Um, I don't have to be the guy. I, I don't have to be the one that gets up on stage and speaks and has the, the brand name and all of that. Um, and it's funny because at the end of the day, I have never sat down and said, I want to have a massive following and I want to be this influencer or a guru or anything like that. It's always been the opposite. It's always been, I want to make a difference in people's lives and so I have the ability to do that. And so whatever that looks like, I want the following because I want to make the difference in that many people's lives. And what's hilarious is, is you are the first person that has said that to me that actually lives that way like you don't have a problem you don't have a problem with telling me here's what you need to talk about here's the topic spin it in rj's words but here's the topics that we should need to like 
hey, RJ, I just listened to you for eight hours. Here's a 45-minute video that you need to make. And I go do it. And I get a ton of credit for it. And I, I'm sure you've seen, because I know I know you're obsessed over this stuff just like I am. But my responses have changed, where now when I get that kind of feedback, I say, thank you. The team is working really hard on putting out top quality content. Because now it's not just me. It's everyone. It's you. It's Sima. It's Cassie. It's Justin. It's Garrett. I mean, it's everybody now is cohesively working together to make this. So thank you for actually saying that, but really meaning it, you know, because a lot of times people have just said it where it's like, yeah, it, RJ, I, I totally get it. You're the guy. And then it's like, yeah, just kidding. I, I also want to be the guy. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was yeah. just flat out lying when I said that. So I appreciate that. So when we get started, is walk me through – realistically, your expectations on what you thought was going to happen in comparison to what did happen. Because we came up with the idea for the Black Friday sale. You hit me with some some bullshit, low-ass numbers. I was like, hey, bro, what do you think we can do? And you're like, you know, I, if we can get some people to sign up, that would be great. And then we blew it away with like 600 transactions. So kind of walk me through, like, did you know, like, hey, with your skill set and with mine and Cassie's ability to teach real estate and the, the fact that we're actually doing this on a daily basis, did you know, like, dude, we're sitting on, on, we're about to blow this up? I had a very strong suspicion. I, in marketing, nothing's ever guaranteed. And I have learned that because I've seen things that I were certain were going to work, not work. But in this instance, let's just say I had an incredible feeling and I knew those numbers were low. They're partly for Sema. She always likes to shoot low and not because she gets so depressed we don't hit them. Um, but I was fairly certain that we're absolutely going to pop off. Um, I felt extraordinarily good about the messaging, what you can bring to the table, the way that you view everything differently. Like, I mean, we've got, I mean, if you, if we were to define, if we're just looking at this from a marketing perspective, right. And this is actually who you are. You didn't do this intentionally. I just noticed it because I know marketing, you guys present a new opportunity. How no more funding department, shorten a gap, one call close, right? You guys no more MAO minus 70%. No more of that crap. Where am buyers buy? No, we don't make offers. We give prices and the prices are for investors, right? There were so many different angles here. Then I'm like, man, this is complete opposite of the rest of the industry that, yep. that I see out there. And I'm like, man, I can put this all together. And I felt extremely good about the sales pages that I put together. It helped that I'd written a bazillion of them, right? But yes, I felt very good about what we were about to do. Um, but of course, you never know until you actually press play. So it was hilarious. Like for those of you that have been following along in the journey, Nick and Sima joined us in late October, um, which October is the greatest month of the year. That's where all the best things ever happen. You know, it's when I was born, my son was born. It's when Halloween happens. College football is going on. Semo. And the, the weather gets – Semo's born? Semo's born October 31st. <laughs> oh, well, on Halloween. There you go. So, so yeah, I mean, the best things happen in, in October. And, and they joined us. A series of events took place where it was like, hey, Nick said, let's let's do – alive every day or every week on the same day at the same time. So we set out the Tuesday at 2.22 p.m. for a titanium. 
Um, we haven't missed one since, right? It's just consistent as a tree with it. Those Tuesday videos, every single one that comes out, just it pops. I mean, every single one, it has more people watching it. It, it has more watch hours. Um, and, and me and Nick sit down, you know, weekly and we talk about what are we going to talk about this Tuesday? That is a collective joint effort. And where do the ideas come from? It comes from the community. Nick and Simba said, Hey, do you, we should start a Facebook group. And, and RJ and Gassy are like, we have a Facebook group. And they're like, really? We're like, yeah, it has like six, 7,000 people in it. And they're like, what? They're, then we go in there and it's like, okay, let's remove all the spam. Let's get everybody in here. Let's actually start getting it energized again. And uh, the Facebook group is blown up now. I mean, it, it's crazy to see. I mean, this morning, I mean, it, already we've had like 10, 15 posts in there that are like questions about, hey, RJ, using the closures formula. Hey, Cassie, when I'm comping. Hey, when I'm using the profit calculator, how do I calculate the holding costs? These are like life-changing questions because it's like they are consuming the content that we are putting out there and becoming obsessed about it, which I love. And then we did the Black Friday sell closers formula. I mean, things have just been coming together. And then we decided, okay, Titanium University. So from your perspective, because I've said it in my own words, and, and I'm calling you the Titanium Crusader because you had the Crusader mean something to you. That was your previous business. But I said, hey, I want you to be the Titanium Crusader because I think you – and Simba are the ones that are spearheading this movement for me and Cassie, right? We, I, I said this to you yesterday. I said, RJ and Cassie didn't suddenly change because we met Nick and Simba. We've always been this way. We just needed Nick and Simba. Now we have you. And so the crusade has begun, right? And that's with Titanium University. So what is Titanium University to you and what is it going to be moving forward? Titanium University to me is going to be the number one. It already is. I mean, literally, I feel like on day one, we haven't fully started yet, but the best virtual wholesaling, how to make money in real estate community course training program that you could ever find. And it's going to be so specific and direct on actually how to get to the end game, right? Like I've been in other mentorships where I don't even know what to do after 90 days, right? Other than, oh, go talk to other people. It's like, okay. But it's like, there's a direct path to cash and building active income inside of that. And not only that, so that's the, that's like the logical side. But like what it's really going to do is provide the education and financial skill sets for individuals to change them and their families' lives. I know I keep coming back to skill sets, but I harp on them. It's literally all I feel like we should tell our young people is go learn skills, right? And so you're going to be able to develop the skills to go out there on any given day, be able to find a property, find a buyer, invest it and ship it, right? And that skill set's something no one can take away from you. And then as you grow and you get deeper in real estate, of course, you can do all the other fun things, but stick to one thing, make money with that. So I see... It is being the ultimate virtual wholesaling community. I see it being the ultimate real estate investing community. And I also see it as an amazing place for people to get together, support each other through the darkness that is entrepreneur, right? I mean, we've all heard Elon Musk say, it's like eating glass and staring into the abyss. If you don't 
have a support community, if you don't have people on the same mission as you, if you've got people in your life who are doing the crab and the boiling hot pot, pulling you back down, you know, into the boiling water thing, that's where we need to be. And so I just see it taking over and just providing the, fi- the, the resources and the financial skill sets for people to change their lives. Right. Dude. I mean, for, for me and Cassie, this is so exciting to now have the ability to impact as many people as we possibly can. I mean, it, it's a, it's hilarious. I mean, we sit down and we talk about numbers and like how many people do we want in, what kind of revenue do we want to generate and things like that. And I, I don't even worry about any of that anymore because it's like, dude, I know I've got you and Sima and you guys are going to continue to push you, we are aligned in where we want to go. We're aligned in our energy levels and our work ethics, which quite frankly, RJ and Cassie have never been able to find someone that can match our work ethics. And, mm-hmm. and you guys do that. And it's amazing to be a part of that. And then to know that not only are we aligned in our work ethics and our energy levels and stuff like that, but also the end destination that we want, what we want to create for other people. This is not just about us making a shit ton of money. Let me be clear. We will make a shit ton of money with Titanium University. That is absolutely going to happen. But everyone inside of Titanium University is going to make even more life-changing skill sets that can never be taken away from you. And it, with it being a lifetime membership, it's like, as things change here, we use the example of like, dude, the crucibles in 2021 were not anywhere near the crucibles in 2023. Completely different skill sets were needed because of how life changed, right? Everything that's changed inside of our industry to be a part of this community and for us to be the ones that are leading the charge and to be able to say, here's how we're pivoting because of what just happened inside of the industry. I'm I'm so looking forward to it, man. We officially kick off tomorrow. So I'm excited to finally get this going with the first class. Um, also, I'm just glad that you're a comic book nerd and you let me use all my comic book analogies um, as far let's as- Let's go, man. Let's, let's have fun with it, man. And to just kind of drive home the point, I borrowed that $1,000 for Billie Jean, circling all the way back to the beginning. So my passion for being a part of something that can impact lives the way that Billy specifically impact mine as well. I also borrowed money to go to Tony Robbins Day with Destiny. Those two events, they happen almost simultaneously. And our explosion after that, it's hard to describe. And to be and have the confidence in you and you and Cassie and your ability to get the end results it makes me feel so great about working with the messaging and the conversations and overcoming and doing all the fun stuff on the side and then we also want to remove all the nonsense for you guys so that you guys can do one thing just keep educating keep talking about what you're doing right move all the stuff because people overlook this stuff when they want to start these coaching businesses it's like dude you got to be a marketer a salesman an ops director you got to understand technology you got to do this like trust me the guru the 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 instagram guru is trying to sell you on being a coach like it's a lot more difficult than than you might find right and so if if you can find a scenario where people can match the energy levels the work ethics and have faith in each other's skill sets man i mean the 
Someone someone posted in the group the other day, man. They said, hey, RJ, how do you run a successful wholesale business, put out content every single day, answer all of our questions? Like, and they rattle off like three or four other things. And my response was, first and foremost, my passion and my vision exceed my excuses. I've surrounded myself with the best team that I possibly can. And it took 14 years to get here. <laughs> that, that little don't part. Forget, don't forget that part. Don't forget yeah. that part. All right. You know, to some people, yeah. it's like, you know, they just, they see what it is today. And it's like, dude, don't, don't forget the part where it's like, I released a, a, a video on YouTube and it got seven views. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do you know how frustrating that was at the time where it was like, dude, I just dedicated all this time to recording and buying cameras and lights and microphones. And then I recorded this content and then I push it out there and I was one of the seven views. So six people actually watched it and the average watch time was 8% of the video. It's like, holy shit, 92% of the video didn't even get watched, you know? So uh, there was a lot of trial and error that came along with this, and that's why having you and Sima on the team is just um, unbelievable, man. Um, the other thing I want – the last thing I want to touch base on, because I think this is vitally important when we get into talking about partnerships and things like that. When you and I – I think the part that we really had to figure out was, and we we did it pretty early, was – we didn't want something to be short term. We were like, I remember I was like, dude, I mean, if you just want to come in and, and get this off the ground for like a year and then go do something else, like you're not my guy. Like I want to be standing at the top of the mountain 20 years from now and saying, look what the fuck we just did. Um, and it sounds like you've had that alignment with, you know, your your original partner. You said, hey, you set the expectations. Our friendship comes before the business, right? Zima, that's your wife, right? Coming into this, it felt like, from my perspective, we were both seasoned veterans at deciding if we were going to be partners with someone. Um because we both kind of set the expectations right up front and said, hey, if we're aligned. But why was that important to you? Because to be honest with you, you had just exited a business that was essentially doing marketing and copywriting and all of this. So why why did you say, yes, I'm okay with doing 20 more years of this for an entirely different business, but essentially the same thing? Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a great question. And the older that I get, the wiser, the more I think about time horizons and how if most people's time horizons are way too short in regards to get to what they want. Um, Naval Ravikant, I don't know if you know him, but he's a huge, uh, you know, I've fallen from afar, love his thinking. So when you said that you were, you, I remember you saying that it wants to be 20 years from now. I remember you also saying that like, some of the numbers and some of the expectations that you had showed me that you actually believed that 
that you believe the consistency. I went back and looked at how long you've been doing it for. And I'm like, man, like this guy's been doing this stuff for years and it compounds over time. And then all of a sudden it hits an inflection point. Right. And so when you said that it aligned with so many things, one, and I'm so glad that we were back, you know, doing this stuff. I love funnels, marketing and ads. Like when I'm bored and I sit down, like I'll, I'll walk through like, you know, the, the, I'll, I'll be at the restaurant, like, man, if they upsold me here, I wonder what the percentages are in the gross tip. And I wonder, you know, what the, the average AOV on the, you know, order value is in the customer and what their repeat business is and how, how many times they need to come to the, before they become customers. So long story short with it, it had to do with the long-term thinking and you specifically saying that was very important to me. The discussion about the expectations that you had around this type of thing was also very important because there's so many people who, have insane, crazy expectations, especially when they hear the word marketing. Um, and, and I understand why it's because marketers blow smoke and unicorns up people's ass. It's funny you talk, talk about tops chasing uniforms. I ran ads for years about there is no unicorn in marketing. You got to pick up the phone, right? I literally told doctors the same thing that we're telling university members, like this shit isn't easy. It's hard. Yeah. Right. But it's simple, but it's hard. If, but if you follow these steps, you'll get there. But anyone else has promised a unicorn. Right. So there's a lot of factors there that came in, then throwing the fact that aligned around the industry that I want to be a part of an industry. So like, I haven't talked much about this, but like when I was evaluating what I wanted to do in early 2023, chat GPT had just come out and I have a lot of friends who are in tech and, you know, all this type of stuff. Right. And when I was thinking about like, what industry do I want to be a part of? I did not want to go compete with Elon Musk and Grok and some of these things that are going on. Right. And I was like, man, what is going to be the last thing that's likely to be disrupted by AI, AI technology? And to me, it's blue collar people swinging stuff with hammers and housing. And so honestly, that played a big role into my decision because I don't know if you, we talked a little briefly about Sora, but say goodbye to, you know, video editing agencies and, you know, marketing agencies and copywriting agencies and AI, all this stuff has come down the pipe. So that actually played a role as well too. And so all the pieces were hit. And then I also believed that our work ethics, you know, matched where we wanted to go. So I know it's kind of a longer answer, but it was not, it was deeply thought out before we made the decision, which is why I was like, Hey man, I need a little bit of time here because I, if I commit to something, like I'm going to commit to it. I hate not going all in. I'm an all or nothing type of guy. I don't half ass, half dance. Right. And uh, yeah, we jumped in and it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, realistically what happened guys is, I mean, I know we've been here for an hour, but realistically this is what happened. Okay. We both turned on our zoom calls and I had three championship belts behind me. And he had three click funnel awards behind him. And it was like, fuck, all right, let's do this, bro. Let's go dominate. Um, love it, man. I'm so excited yep. for the journey that we're on. We're just getting started. We've been saying that for six months now. Uh, but we are. We're, we're just getting started, right? And, and we are so passionate about what we're doing at Titanium University. I can't wait to get Sim on here. Um, and, and I strategically wanted to do this, right? I brought Cassie on the podcast. I brought Jamie, who's been a top-level student in both the Crucible, Closure Formula, and now Titanium University. Brought Nick on. I want to introduce you to the family, that what's happening over here at Titanium, right? If you don't know, go to titaniumu.com. First class is officially sold out, uh, but we will be opening it up again in March. So check out titaniumu.com. Join the wait list right there. Um, we're so excited for the journey that we're going to be on. 
and go dominate the space, man. Appreciate you, Nick. I appreciate you, man. All right, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review, like the video, subscribe to the channel um, so Nick can take all the credit for, uh, you know, building the, the the following over here, the inflection point. When are we going to hit that inflection point, Nick? When do I know that we're in the middle of an inflection point? You know, you'll know. We're not there yet. It's starting to inflect. We're starting to hit the curve, right? If we look at the 40% growth in YouTube in like 90 days, right? It's starting to pick up. You yeah. know? I think we've had 40% like, is, is that an inflection point or is it more not like 400% growth? Hey, on it. Well, once we turn on ads, brother, that's when like we haven't even, this has all been just like the going back on the following and taking care of all the people that you know, you've helped. And yeah, so we'll hit the inflection point soon and you, you should join us along for the ride. Cause it, the one final thing I, I'm going to say one last thing before we go to this, I've never seen someone as committed and as excited to making sure that the client gets the end result, the student, whatever you might be as RJ. And you can do this. You don't even need to question what I say. Just go to any of it. Go to the Facebook community. Almost every post gets a response, every YouTube. And then compare that to everyone else who has followings of this size. You will not see it anywhere. And it's what I saw in the first place that really attracted me to like his, his caring at the event. So um, keep following along. Keep joining. He's the best in the biz. I'm excited to be here, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. Appreciate it.